The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, lots of couples got engaged over Christmas and the New Year, and they're in full planning mode. So, what are the do's and don'ts for weddings in 2024 and beyond? I'm joined by Sarah Kennedy of the Irish Wedding Blog. Hey, you're actually at the RDS this weekend in I, person. I know, I know. I'm actually leaving the house. I can't believe it. There's a lovely show going on. It's called the Bride of the Year Show, but I get to host the I Do School. So, it's a wedding planning workshop upstairs. And the couples, I Do School. Yeah. So, it teaches you everything. And I have a panel of experts, and we talk about just how to plan your wedding. It's really simple. So any couple that's out there, they want a little bit of help, yeah. come on up. And you're only, you hope, going to do it once. Well, this <laughs> so is it. This is what we hope for. Right. Yeah. Um, now, uh, the trends this year. Let's talk about destination weddings. Yes. Well, do you know what? I saw post-COVID, so we're going over now our two to three into our three years of that. So many couples coming to me asking for, I want to get married abroad. So they don't necessarily know destination, but there's I'm seeing a big increase in couples looking to go abroad. Now, whether they actually go ahead and book to go abroad once they look at logistics or there might be, you know, some members of the family that can't go. That can change, but ultimately I'm seeing an increase in people looking to go abroad. Yeah. I mean, time was, if you were going to get married abroad, it was in Rome and you get the papal blessing and all that. Yes. Those days have gone. So what are the popular overseas destinations so, now? Well, look, I think it hasn't really changed too much, but you're seeing Spain, Portugal, Italy. France can be a little bit tricky, but people love the idea of France, particularly the Chateau. Um, but then you're seeing people going to like really distant dest- uh, distant destinations like your Mexico's, Caribbean's. People are doing it on cruises. So the, the variety has opened up. But but really, your Portugal's, your Spain's, your Italy's are re- yeah. really now, the cost. Now, I presume you have to get the legals done first before you go off. And Dep- depends on the country. Depends on how easy it is. Majority of couples I'm seeing will get married here first and then go over and have their blessing over there. It's just easier on the on the legalities. Is anyone talking about a sustainable wedding? Yes, a lot more. The questions I'm getting about, you know, how do I know what a venue's um, supply chain is, and how do I know if their food is sustainably sourced? How can I do confetti in a more sustainable way? How can I buy a dress in a more sustainable way? These are the questions that are coming in and a lot more couples I'm seeing in the last year are very, very conscious of how they're buying because I just think people are becoming in general a lot more conscious about their footprint. Now we know that there's a lot of zero, zero beer around. Um, are there any booze-free weddings? Yes. Because uh, booze tends to be the lubricant. And Well, this is it. And for Irish weddings, this is, you know, it kind of feels like that's one of our, our key stamps. There, There is, while it's not a majority... I am seeing and venues are telling me that a lot of couples are looking for non-alcoholic options um, as part of their wedding day because they may have people that just out of lifestyle, they decide alcohol is not a part of our life and we don't want it a part of our wedding. So there's definitely more that are taking that proactive and not sitting back and going, well, look, it's the done thing. People are taking a little bit more control over that. Now, is there a lot of one-upmanship in weddings, like competitive weddings? Well, look where she had her wedding. I'm going to do better than that. This is a big problem and I'm seeing it more and more of... And and the question that's coming into me an awful lot is, I was at my friend's wedding and they this, this and this. And now I feel like mine is lacking and I need to go, what else can I book? And like, you don't need to do anything. If you're happy with what you have, then go with that. You don't have to do it because somebody else, that's not necessarily the expectation of your guests coming to your big day. But there is definitely that thing of, oh, I don't feel like my venue's as good as theirs. And, you know, and, and I just wish people would just calm down and just be happy that, it's not necessarily always about that on your day. Yeah. You know, and just be happy with what you book. But do people come to you and say, look, uh, this is what they did. Yeah. I want to do better. Yeah, 100%. 
Yes, I've had many questions like that. And, you know, as much as I say, you know, you don't have to do that and try to talk them off the ledge. They're adamant that they want something unique or something different that gives their wedding that key feature and stamp that will take theirs into most memorable wedding of the year. Now, digitisation, and Mm -hmm. it takes many forms, but Mm -hmm. in weddings there are a number of specific things Um, A social media coordinator. Yes. So we call it now a wedding content creator. And there's various um, uh, people out there that have set up these companies where basically knowing that the the maid of honour and all these different people of the wedding party they have a huge responsibility of capturing footage for the bride and groom on the day. So what they do is they now hire out people who are qualified in the art of creating social media content called wedding content creators and they will be fly on the wall and capture content purposely and only for social media which the couple can then share themselves and that takes the pressure off everybody else in the wedding party but you're also getting really good social media worthy content. uh, Do they lay down rules saying you may not post until the bride and groom have posted? That is now standard behaviour. That would be the etiquette now today. If you're going to a wedding you wouldn't dream of posting until the bride or groom have posted on their Mm. own feeds. Now I know that uh, in churches for example and maybe in other places too uh, the priest will often say listen there is an official photographer here and a video Mm -hmm. let them at it please be in the moment with the bride and groom does that happen frequently? It does it does and you know what I've seen so many pictures and so many photographers I'm sure will will prick up their ears here of beautiful moments of footage ruined because everybody's out with their phone in the aisle and they can't capture the couple so celebrants, priests, wherever it is that you're getting married a lot of them at the start of the ceremony will actually on behalf of the couple disclose keep your phones yeah. inside. There'll now, be plenty of opportunities to come up later and take your pictures. The business of a present or cash, what is the current trend? Well, again, based on the polls that I've run, it's still 90% cash is king. Um, and and what's the rate? Is it, the, you, I kind of pay for your wedding breakfast. So if there's two of you going and you know it's costing 150 per person, you get 300, that sort of thing? There, there still is a little bit of that, but the average going rate is anything between 200 and 300. Um, and it depends on your proximity as in your closeness to the to the couple. So if you're in the bridal party, that might be higher. If you know the couple really well, you might pay more. Or if you were just literally there, a colleague from work, that might be less. But as yeah. I would always say, you know, don't. That's not a. That's not your go-to guide. Do what's right for you and what you can afford. Yeah. Now you can deposit then this cash. You don't have to bring the greasy notes with you. No. You can deposit the cash <laughs> in a special account. Well, I'll tell you. There's, there's uh, the last wedding I was at. We just revoluted the couple, and they were delighted because it was simple. And I didn't have that fear that the cash was going to go walkies. But also, there's a company that have set up. They're called My Wedding Wiz. They're brilliant. They have what's called um, a digital post box where couples can actually they have their wedding website. And in advance, guests can actually drop the money through digital means into a digital account for them. And it's safe. It's great. Now, um, what's the current trend in wedding dresses, for example? Are they uh, simple and serene or are they flouncy? There's a, well, I suppose, what's the definition of flouncy? But there's a mix. There's a big, strong push on simplicity, tailoring, strip back, really all about the figure, the tailoring and the cut. And then you've got the other side of it where it's actually... Uh, quite opulent, big, a lot of jewels, but not necessarily like these big, huge skirts, but just a lot of detail on the dresses. And we're seeing that a lot. These And a lot of detachables and reworking the dress because there's a big trend of people wanting two dresses. So anything that they can take the one look and maybe remove sleeves that night, take off a train and all these different detachables, because that's quite a cost effective way of having two looks for the price of one. Yeah, because some people do have two dresses, one for the dancing and one for the ceremony. Yes. Um, What are the the, uh, other things that are happening? I mean, it might be hard 
hard to book a hotel so your lead time uh, and also your saving yes. it could be a lot longer than it used to be Well this is it I would work with a lot of venues um, from a consultancy perspective and what I'm seeing is that the lead time of when couples are booking is a lot longer so you used to see anything from one year to 18 months being the typical booking time you're now seeing 18 months to two years that being slightly pushed out depending on the type of venue that it is and that's really down to it's not necessarily all about availability because there's actually good availability in the market as we speak. It's more about the couple's ability to save because it's such a big chunk of money sure. and majority of couples are trying to save for a home as well, which is a lot more difficult now than it had been, you know, several years ago. So they're trying to do this dual stage in their lives and it's very difficult for them. Yeah. Um, you could do things a little more simply, maybe having a buffet instead of the formal sit down, which will probably cost so much per head. The buffet might be more cost effective. Do you know what? It depends on the venue. There's not really that much of a price differentiation um, because a lot of the time with the venues, there's a lot of work in the background to set up the buffet and manage the buffet. So and a lot of venues, what they're trying to do is, is maximise on a key date so they won't let the rate drop necessarily because of your food changing. But you can find venues that are a little bit more flexible, that are more DIY, where you can put your own stamp. And that's what I did. We we set up a venue. We, my, I was very lucky. My husband, his grandmother had a venue. Um, wasn't actually a wedding venue. It was a dance hall. But we were able to bring in what we wanted to bring sure. in. But it's not for the faint hearted. But I am seeing a lot more couples wanting to put their own stamp and change up their food options and looking for flexibility. Now, let's talk about pitfalls. Um, the curse of the bridesmaid. This is a big trend on TikTok at the moment. This is like, for me, this is get, grab the popcorn. So there's a trend going around where there's girls coming out of the of the woodwork and some guys as well, where it's the curse of the maid of honour or curse of the bridesmaid, where it highlights where either from the bride's perspective or from the bridesmaid's perspective, where they've fallen out after 10, 15, 20, 30 years of friendship over this build up to a wedding. Um, whether it's, you know, emotions running high you know, around the the, the hen party, lousy hen party, party organization, exactly, that or just somebody that doesn't seem overly happy for each other yeah. in the in the process. Yeah. Um, there's also some people lay down a, a, a rule: do not buy clothes from this particular shop. Or you know. so, so I suppose in in one respect, when they're talking about you know the, the where the bridesmaids can you know buy their dresses and their gowns and all this sort of thing, they might have very specific rules and. Uh, put certain parameters around different dresses and styles that they're allowed wear and not allowed wear. And this is really rubbing up a lot of people the yeah. wrong way. Um, brawls at hen parties, do they happen? They of course do. they do. Well, do you know what? It's not like a brawl where you'd see fighting, but it's more like the undertone of, of, of bitchiness and things going on. Now, this isn't a majority, let me say, but when it happens to the minority, it's quite implosive and it's very emotionally... Mm heightened when it does happen but it's these emotions running high because you've got a bridal party who are working so hard to get this perfect day and then they may feel that somebody doesn't appreciate it or it may not have gone the way the bride wanted it and then it's all hand, handbags at dawn. Okay now guess um, some people are told no kids which having a child yes. wedding that may give you a problem you know but you've got it sorted yeah. um, then sometimes people don't RSVP and then turn up Oh, like I would have seen this in my times working in venues. So, you know, couples would say it's a, you know, when they would just invite the pair, the parents, but then the kids would arrive on the day. And it's like, you know, that's for a full wedding. You kind of need an itinerary for kids. It's a long day of standing around. Or you may have had people that have RSVP'd and then don't turn up on the day. But the the couple have already paid for it. And we would have seen um, that viral 
um, social media post where the couple sent out an invoice to people who RSVP'd and didn't turn up and, and charged show. them. This is what I paid for you and you never turned up to the wedding. So, look, so we don't know whether the invoice was honoured. But anyway, well, look, that's what it. about the, the plus one thing? I mean, the, the rule, if you've been uh, dating someone for how long before you're kind of guaranteed an invite? Well, do you know what? You could be dating somebody or married to someone a long time, but it depends on that relationship that you have with those people. So, for example, if if these are friends from work, your partner may not get invited at all. But, you know, there is that expectation that people assume that they're going to get a plus one. But I would ask people to, to I suppose, not always expect that you will get a plus one because, it's you know, you may not be a couple friend of the couple. And, you know, couples are well entitled to have their parameters around who yeah. they invite and who they don't. And often there are limits on the numbers. And there's so limits and there's budget. Exactly. All right. And of course, there have been disasters when um, the bride or groom is found in a compromising situation on the wedding day with someone perhaps they used to love. Oh, my God. Well, do you know what? There's something that was sent to me on a WhatsApp very recently of a, of a poor couple. Well, I wouldn't say couple, poor bride, where the groom apparently on the day two was caught in a very compromising position with the bride's best friend. And there's a big fallout of that. And it's, you know, like as as, as newsworthy as that might be, that's real emotion and that's really sad um, that you would let something go all the way up the aisle, pass vows in you know, in, in front of everybody and then for it to fall apart. So I do feel really, really sad. Sarah Kennedy of the Irish Wedding Blog, who will be at the RDS uh, this weekend uh, with her uh, workshop. What did you call it again? The I Do School. The I Do School. <laughs> Sarah, thank you very much for... Thanks. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.